All right, today's conversation is with a guy that you probably don't know his name, but I'm telling you, you're gonna wanna know it after you check out on Instagram, Handcrafted Movement. This guy makes tiny homes. Anybody know what a tiny home is? Um, I mean, he, but he not only does he make these tiny homes, they're excellent, they're beautiful. They're like, it's they're gonna tiny. make you want one. They're, <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're tiny. tiny. But the coolest part is not just these houses. I think when you listen to this, you're gonna not only fall in love with these houses, you're gonna fall in love with who Matt yes. is. He carries so much understanding about community, inviting people into your work. And finding your voice, you're gonna love yep. it. Yep. You're gonna love it. So enjoy today's conversation with with Matt Impala. Hey friends, I'm Chris Bennett. I'm here with my beautiful wife, Julie. Hey everyone. Together, we're gonna explore the life-changing power of family. So pull up a chair, grab a cup of coffee, and join us on Finding Family. All right. Well, we are thrilled. Is that the right word? I feel thrilled. We're always thrilled, excited, or pumped up. Stoked. So. Since we live in California, I'm stoked <laughs> uh, to have my new friend, uh, Matt Impala, on here today. Matt, thank you so much for joining us, bro. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm honored. Well, I, I feel honored that this is your first podcast. Is this, is this a true statement? Yeah. Are we your very first? Yes. I'm so glad you called that out to let everybody know. This is first. <laughs> well, Matt, uh, you and I met through a mutual friend, a buddy of mine that I've known since junior high. And a few weeks ago, he was listening to one of our podcasts and he said, you have to meet this guy. He's an amazing guy. Showed me, you know, send me your Instagram link. And I started checking it out. I was like, okay, this, this has to happen. And then I think within a couple of days, you and I were on a phone call. And as you and I got to know each other a little bit, got to hear your heart, your vision, who you are, uh, it just seemed like a no brainer to, to get you to come on here. Because, you know, this, this podcast is all about helping bring people together and find unique ways to find connection and belonging. So before I tell people, what you do. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, and then we'll jump into some of the really cool, unique work that you do. Um, yeah. So my name is Matt, and I live in the outskirts of uh, Portland, Oregon. I've got a little farm called Seasons Farm, and I've been married for a little over a year to my wife, Elizabeth. She's, she's awesome. Yeah, she's amazing and has added so much to my life. Um, we are in a major transition right now. i I build tiny houses and do a lot of other things. Um, and I've done that here for quite a few years, but we're, um, selling the farm literally and wow. selling our things and putting things in storage and getting a little Airstream trailer and we're going to travel the country. So that's kind of cool. where we're at at the moment. I love it. So for those that don't know, I know in the last couple of years, you hear more and more about tiny houses and maybe people have seen that on TV or in magazines, but can you kind of explain what a tiny house is? Um, yeah. So the ones that I'm specifically building, they are on fixed to a trailer. So they are mobile. Um, Not trailer homes. Though. No, they're a little fancier than that. So, <laughs> Oh, I know. I've seen um, yeah. I, I, I truly believe that all housing has dignity and that, that creating spaces for people to call home is, is a totally worthy endeavor. Um, typically tiny houses would be considered anything under 400 square feet. Um, so the ones that I'm building, they're about 264 square feet and they have a downstairs bedroom and an upstairs loft, full kitchen, full bathroom, living area, all that. We're actually recording right now in one of my tiny houses. Oh, you're kidding. Um, so cool. <laughs> yeah. 
So this is our Airbnb tiny house. We've had a ton of guests come through um, this tiny house. It's been amazing. Um, we actually just sold it this morning. So this one will be going down the road next week um, yes. to Portland. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's what we're doing. And I mean, aesthetically, I mean, it's not just this was some great idea to do tiny houses. This is wait till you guys check out the yeah. Instagram website, whatever, all the things in the pictures. They are all so unique. It blows my mind. And if it's Magnolia ins- gave birth to a tiny <laughs> home, <laughs> is that a good way to say it? Yeah, but really, it's it's super inspiring. Just the um, yeah, the detail. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, well, I've got a lot more. Oh, sorry. Did you have something on that? Yeah. No, go ahead. Okay. So maybe maybe take us back a little bit because I think you had told me, was your dad involved in building in some capacity? Like, how did you even get into to doing what you're doing? Yeah. I mean, most of my family is um, like Scandinavian immigrants and they came over four or five generations ago and were quite skilled in construction and building and farming. And that's like stayed true for a lot of generations. So I grew up, um, on construction sites, um, with my dad and then my brother has started a pretty massive construction company. So I worked for him for many years. Um, so yeah, some of my earliest memories when I was like four or five, six were taking, you know, raw materials that my dad saw as scrap from his big, you know, projects and turning that into little tree houses and just little forts and just creating these little worlds out in the forest. And so that was something that I just seemed to naturally do as a kid was to create, um, yeah, these little spaces, um, both myself and then just with my little neighbor friends. Um, and then as I graduated high school, I jumped right into the family business, did that for a number of years, um, more from a management perspective of building homes. And so this idea of home has always been close to my heart, but I think I got burnt out from that. Um, in 2008, I sold everything right before everything crashed and um, decided to go on a missionary journey around the world, did that for a few years. And then through that, um, yeah, God just reignited my um, heart, I think, for like using my hands and creating and building. And so um, when I came back from overseas, then in 2010, I, I decided that, yeah, I wanted to pursue woodworking and photography were the two things that I wanted to pursue and was kind of an amateur at that point, but just kind of went down that journey of buying a piece of wood and a saw. And oh. I started making like skateboards and longboards just for <laughs> myself. Cause I couldn't find any really cool, like longboards that I could buy at the store. So I started making my own and that led to lots of friends and family, like wanting to buy them. And so that kind of led me on this journey of, um, yeah, discovering my own skills and, and slowly improving, um, moving into making furniture and bigger furniture and big slab conference tables. And then that eventually led to the tiny houses in 2015, where it kind of came full circle of creating these little worlds, um, that I created as a kid. So I've been doing this for about six going on seven years now. So what was that? What was that moment for you when you were like tiny houses, that's it. Um, I, I had started to see those, uh, maybe 2014, 15, they kind of started to become a thing. Um, at that time it was mostly, you know, DIY people cobbling together, you know, something to call a house at the cheapest, you know, budget. And and I saw an opportunity to create something a little more luxurious and, and higher end. Um, 
when I initially saw them, I thought they were just kind of silly. Like, why would you build that house on a trailer? Like at that time, you know, I was more in the industry and, and a, the average square foot house in America is 2,700, 2,800. And so I started to see a challenge there or an opportunity as I just got tired of, of just kind of endlessly building big, um, houses, I saw an opportunity where what if you cut out 90% of that square footage and you only had 10% left, could you actually create a space that was functional and livable and beautiful for, for someone? And it's also got to be mobile that it's got to be able to go down the road and not fall apart. And so I started to just be intrigued by that idea of like, maybe I could, could, uh, create one of these. So built that first one in my driveway, um, took me almost a year. It was just kind of a Saturday project. Um, I was kind of just discovering my skills and my style and developing that as I was going along. Um, my plan was to park it right here in this spot and use it as an Airbnb, um, and as a guest house, because in my time overseas, I had met so many amazing people and they were all wanting to come and visit me and see what I was doing. And I had nowhere to put them in my little house. So I was sleeping in my wood shop, putting them in my room. And so I said, I need more housing. I need a guest house. And so that was kind of the, it was just out of necessity that I decided to build that first one. Um, I had so much fun building that first one. I decided maybe I could sell this thing and put it online and, and it just kind of went viral from there. And, and that kind of led me into business. So it definitely wasn't necessarily a plan. It's just kind of unfolded before me. So that's amazing. I mean, so when I think about kind of the things you're sharing, especially in America, the idea is bigger is better. I mean, you know, so the people that have the most money tend to, you know, you build a big space and you got people living in big homes. They may even be living there by themselves or they may be with their family, but they're very disconnected. And, you know, some of our journey when we moved to LA was while Julie was doing her first, you know, battle with, with cancer and chemo, you know, we moved 20 times during that six month time frame, And we were living, you know, and lived in a couple Airbnbs and I don't know that we could have fit in a tiny house, but uh, we we were all over the place. And, you know, there's that reality of like, okay, home is not just where you live, it's who you live life with. But there's also something about having a space. And, and you said something earlier about the dignity of home. So I think I'd love to hear from you. One, what is tiny home? What does that create that's unique in terms of maybe even the dynamic within the relationships? And then what did you mean when you talk about the dignity of a house? Um, yeah, well, I just think when something is that small, when you boil a house from this massive thing down to the essence, um, then you have an opportunity to do some really special, um, details that would be really challenging to do on a large scale. Um, so for instance, this fireplace that is behind me, it's 10 and a half feet tall in a tiny house, like me and my wife laid every single brick, like, um, that would be really challenging to do in a big house and it just wouldn't quite have the same effect. Um, and so, yeah, I think you can just, when the space is smaller, you have an opportunity for the quality to go a lot higher mm. and, you know, by, by its nature, you have to just be that much more intentional with different spaces, how they're going to function or be multi-purpose. Um, so yeah, I just, as a designer and as a builder, I just find that as a unique challenge. Um, and I, I think that dignity be, dignity piece as well. Um, I just think that, you know, mobile homes and RVs and trailer parks kind of have like a stigma attached to them that they're less than, but I just think that, yeah, that a house is 
a fundamental need for people and besides food and water and and air like a place to lay your head at night is is like so important everyone needs one and so i think um for myself it would be easy to go build big luxurious houses but to come to this space and serve this space um and show that you can yeah that even in something so small that's eight and a half feet wide by 30 feet long that you can um make it beautiful and make it functional and and it's been really cool just to see the variety of buyers that i'm able to serve it's been like yeah tell us some of those people i think it's really cool to hear <laughs> well I, I can't disclose all the celebrities but there's been like mm-hmm. major celebrities that have have actually legitimately bought these and are living in these and then it's yeah. been also um a big buyer has been like older um, ladies it seems like that maybe their husbands have passed away and they have a big estate and they just can't handle this thing anymore and their kids feel in an awkward spot of like, we don't have room for grandma, but we don't want to put her in a home necessarily. And so for to create a space like this, that they can park maybe on their property in their backyard or whatever, and she can have her own space and live out her, you know, last decade or two with dignity, but they haven't had to add all this extra square footage to their home um, for nothing. And, and so it's really a flexible, literally a flexible housing solution for people. And so, um, so yeah, it's been really neat to see the the variety of, of people that have been, um, buying these. So I just see it as an opportunity to serve and I see it as like creating a house for someone like that's such a huge (laughs) calling that they're going to interact with this space every day. Um, and so me, um, in partnership with the Holy spirit if the Holy spirit inside of me is love and joy and peace and patience and all these things. And naturally the tangible manifestation of what I am creating here and taking all these raw materials of wood and paint and marble and Oak, and I'm putting it all together. And somehow this house becomes a house of love and joy and peace and patience. And I, love I get hundreds of emails of people that, are using spiritual language and connotations that when they see a picture of the houses that we create, that they're using language like that. So that's really gratifying to see that, like <laughs> that there's a spiritual element to this. Wow. So, what is there a testimony or anything? I mean, you've shared a little bit um, about different people that have wanted to purchase these and what it's look like, but maybe the author, I don't know if you'd say their name, but maybe the author that reached out. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. I was just going to ask um, about what is a testimony? What is one of your favorite testimonies of someone that's had this house and how it's impacted their life? Yeah, I mean, like I was telling Chris, I think, before just that there was one. It was actually my second house I ever made that I just had a vision of creating a house for a writer um, and being like a writing retreat. And so typically like in the staircase area of a tiny house, you would like maximize that for functionality and for storage. But for some reason, I just felt to, to leave that space open and put a little window under there. And, and I had this slab of walnut that I'd been saving for a long time. And I was like, this is the perfect situation to use this piece of walnut and just create this little writing nook. And so I did that. And then um, finished that house and photographed it and put it online for sale. And, um, 
I got an email from this famous writer who lives way up in Toronto, Canada on a farm. And she sent me this whole like prophetic word about me and just blessed me so, so much. And then was like, Oh yeah. And I want to buy that house and I want to use that house for my writing retreat on my farm. And I want to be able to invite other people to come and rest and relax and write their next bestseller in your tiny house as well. Um, so yeah, that was a super special story just to like, follow that image that I had of creating one for a writer and to see that like come into reality and see a writer that I had read her books and I'd read her blog like for Amazing. years before. So <laughs> and then awesome. she literally, yeah, saw it on the internet and wanted to buy it. And she bought a truck and drove 40 hours from Toronto to my right here to my driveway to come and pick it up and, and bring it back to her farm and uses it to this day. So um, yeah, it's been really special. Matt, I love that, you know, as, as I've heard you talk some, just, you know, we sometimes we make things like, oh, this is spiritual and this isn't spiritual, but actually how you see the work that we do, you know, can be a very spiritual thing. And you even talked about, I mean, God created in the garden, you know, there's, there's all these things where God literally made with his hands. Um, but I love how you have not separated those things, how you really see what you do as a spiritual act, you know, and a very purposeful act. And then when you see the impact that something you're doing with your hands is having on the life of somebody else is really significant. And um, I'd love for you to share a little bit more about, you know, w- w- the property. And before you got married, you know, I know that you talked about how your dad had taught you some of these things. Just Julie knows my, my dad owned three tools. He knew how to use two of them. I'll never forget the moment when I was like six years old, we lived on a Creek. My dad went and paid, we, we didn't have money growing up, but he invested in this like gigantic fort for me and my brothers. And he didn't put it together. Somebody came out and I remember my dad, this conversation where he's like, so if it rains, is there any risk that this thing gets washed away? And again, this probably cost everything my dad owned. Uh, and, and the guy's like, oh, no, 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 it's, it's up high enough. It'll be fine. And so for about a week, Did we have, like, didn't you have like a little creek or that's what I just say. Yeah, we, it was oh, on a creek like, and yeah. we enjoyed the heck out of the thing for about a week. We, we had so much fun. And, and then I remember the first rain and I'm at my back porch is all glass <laughs> and my face is like pressed against the glass and the rains came and the rain, <laughs> the water began to rise. And all of a sudden I see this, this fort oh. shaking and then boom, it sweeps down the entire creek. Yeah, it was and not I mean, Noah's either it was not prepared. I still Mm-mm. have trauma from watching this thing um, and I, I'll never forget my dad like the next day when the waters had gone down he went to go forage the, the fort and he came back with about six pieces, about six pieces of wood that he hammered together so it's basically like we had a crate we're like all right your turn to step on the crate <laughs> anyways all that to say um, I don't know how to do anything with my hands except I can break things I don't know how to fix them very well but but uh, you are so great at other things, oh, babe. Thanks. You're making coffee, but we, yeah, anyway, that's another coffee. episode. We just uh, call repair people. But I, I love, <laughs> um, you know, your dad taught you how to work with your hands and and develop this skill, and then how you kind of carry that on. Because, can you share a little bit about the guys you had come through that either lived on the property and how, how you kind of t- equip them to do what you do? Yeah, so I I uh, bought this property ten years ago now, and. Um, I owned two houses before this, um, and bought my first house when I was 18, just by the, by the fact that I was in the industry and I was managing the subdivision that, um, I was able to buy one of the houses. And so very blessed just kind of having the inside track, you know, being in housing. But at that time I definitely liked my space and I would have, you know, people over occasionally for, you know, 
whatever parties and, and things like that. But at the end of the day, I liked my perfect clean space and I like perfect vacuum lines, you know, and like, I like my You're things, that guy. you know? Okay. And I, and but that's why have... your houses look so great right yes. now. Yes. I mean, look so. at those perfect lines. Oh, they can't... There was a perfectionist. Yeah. yeah. There was a perfectionist um, thing there that I didn't like people messing with my things, you know? And so God had to kind of wreck that and, and teach me about stewardship and about community and about family and about um, that. Yeah. That things are going to get broken, but memories are going to be made. And, and so that's been a journey of, of moving from that space of like, I want my own perfect clean house to um, suddenly going around the world and getting thrust into a dorm room with 16 guys living in bunk beds, but like finding community and finding family and brotherhood and, and just having that be such an amazing experience that really Did you say finding family. Yeah. Yes. Making sure I thought I heard that. Can I have a podcaster? So yeah, glad just, you got that in. Like we have in that, you know, I found, yeah, I found community and relationships that I had never really found before. Um, even though I have seven siblings and I came from a big, a big family, you know. Um, so I, I had resolved then that when I would move back to the States, that the next house that I would get, that I would use that as a space for community and and family and all that. And so when God provided this property in 2012 for me, um, called seasons farm, and it's been an amazing place. And for nine years that I wasn't married, I had 25 different guys living here over those, over that time. Um, and some of them were amazing and like in really good places and really healthy and were, have been employees to help build these tiny homes. Um, and some of them were a total mess, um, you know, drug addicts and alcoholics and <laughs> all kinds of things, you know, um, and or just brought a lot of baggage along with them. And so it's been a wide variety of experiences, but um, just through that. Yeah, that's I think what God had called me to was just to invite different guys in. Some of them worked for me um, formally and some of them just kind of did maintenance around the property. Um, but just as I've just rediscovered my um, yeah, I just love for working with my hands and building and creating things. Then it was just, I saw it as opportunity to invite these guys in with me, um, to kind of rehab this property and to continue to expand it and build it out. Um, so in that, you know, when I started rediscovering the woodworking thing and started building the longboards and skateboards, I started inviting them into that and just inviting younger teenage guys from the community from the skate park to come and mm. hang out and build with me and create. And so I really became kind of a little creative community of, of people that would join me in the art studio and the wood shop and kind of just discovering their own skills and talents. And so it's been a really cool season. Wow. Um, and I knew that it wasn't necessarily my life goal to live with guys for the rest of my life. And so, you know, about two or three years ago, I felt like that season was, was ending and God just aligned things. And I met my wife two years ago and, and we've been married a little over a year now. So, but yeah, that was Who's a photographer, season. right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. When you said you felt called to pursue photography. So you literally pursued a photographer. Ah, nice. Yeah. She's a total creative. She's a graphic designer and a photographer and she decorated this whole space. And so, um, so yeah. So do you still do little workshops or anything like that? Because if you do, Chris is available. He's very cheap. Um, he knows how to, he knows how to, you know, Put, yeah. put a nail in. Yeah, he prays. He'll pray while you are. <laughs> anyway. no, that, you know, that's so amazing that 
I would say that the, the average person that would come in would be maybe a 15 year old kid who knew nothing about woodworking, construction, anything. And, but they had a desire to build a longboard or a skateboard or their dad kind of forced them to come and hang out with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would come in and they would usually be glued to their iPhone and really intimidated by this space. But like, if you could just get them to put down that phone and like, we're going to go on a journey together and creating something from scratch. And so find a raw piece of wood of Oak or Walnut or maple or whatever. And like, which piece do you like, which one speaks to you? And you're going to make your board out of that. And then you're going to create a, a custom shape. You don't get to use my templates. You're going to create a custom like shape. And then we're going to cut that out. I'm going to teach you how to use a bandsaw. And then you're going to use a router and you're going to use a sander and a planer and all these different tools. And, and it was really cool to see their progress go from being so intimidated and by this space to like seeing them start to engage with the process and seeing them grab the sander and just go for it and um, see them sign their initials on the board. And I have a branding iron that says one of one and they just stamp that thing. And there's, there's so many opportunities just to speak life into them that like the skateboard you would have bought at, you know, zoomies would have been a mass production, you know, 10,000 of them, but like this board that you've created, this is a one-off thing that you, you made with your hands. And a lot of them would say it was the best day of their life, you know, that they created something and, and it's, it was my goal to move people from being this passive kind of consumer victim mindset into like, I'm an active initiatory creator that I, that I can do something. Yes. I can take raw materials. I can do something with this. And, and to see these kids ride these longboards to school and have their friends go, where did you buy that? Oh, I didn't buy it. I, I made it. And like, that's such a foreign concept in 2021 uh, that you could actually make something for yourself. Um, so that was so gratifying. Yeah. Just to see um, people come in and, and create and build. So, well, my boys, they'll be headed there next weekend. Thank you so much for taking them in. And no, no, that's, that's awesome. Gosh. I, I, you know, as we do this podcast and the, and the more we talk about family and through our own experiences, we've realized like to work it in again, finding family, <laughs> forming family, a lot of times is about just inviting people into where you are. You know, I think sometimes we make it this really big thing or complicated thing when, you know, what I think you've just done so consistently is, all right, this is what I do. I'm inviting people into that and, and then doing those things together. And I think, you know, you have probably, I would imagine, become family to a lot of these guys that had gone through a lot of hard stuff. And I think that's where I was encouraging people is just start where you are, start inviting your neighbor, you know, your coworker, whoever maybe doesn't have a place of connection and belonging, invite them into to who you are and to, into what you're doing, which, you know, I love that. I love that. Um, yeah, go. Oh, no, you might've, you're maybe just going to ask this, but I'd love to hear about like, what's next for you guys. What are the dreams in that? Um, and with the, you know, all the tiny homes, do you see it however many years it's been now you've been doing this, what, um, five, five years, years now? Years. Yeah. Um, do you see it shifting at all, changing? Do you have more vision that adds to the tiny home, you know, project and things that you do? I don't know. Uh, yeah. All the you dreams know, ahead. It, we had, uh, I did my first 25 tiny homes here in my driveway and then we kind of outgrew that space. And so I got a big warehouse, um, in Vancouver and we, um, yeah, I kind of grew a team for a season there and, and we were producing a lot of them, but I just, yeah, I really got burnt out from that and wasn't actually having <laughs> as much fun as I thought 
I would definitely the artist side of me died in that. And so we decided to not renew the lease with the warehouse this last summer and have just uh, been, been building a few here and there. Um, but really kind of feeling a little bit um, unsettled as to what, what to do next. And so um, in September, me and my wife got COVID and we were sitting there on the couch for a few weeks waiting to get better. And really in that time where we were forced to just slow down and, and not be so active and busy, we really felt like we got some clarity uh, and felt just released from this place and from this property. Um, and for yeah, a variety of reasons as well. Um, so yeah, we put our house on the market November 1st and it's sold now. And so we've got about two more weeks in here and we're buying a little Airstream trailer and we're going to pull that around the country. So we're going to head to the South. We're going to go through Texas and um, Tennessee and South Carolina and Florida. And, and really we're just wide open to <laughs> where God brings us with, with my previous three houses that I've but it's always been a really clear kind of green light. Like, mm -hmm. um, yeah, just a very clear, distinct, like this is for you. And so obviously we're, we're hoping and, and praying for that, that we roll into some town and, and we, yeah, feel a lot of clarity about this is where we're to set up shop. But, um, so we're feeling a little bit unsettled right now, but at the same time, we're really excited to just mm -hmm. yeah step out on this faith journey and, and know that like, will be, will be met in that. So, and as to whether we'll continue tiny homes or not, I'm not totally sure. I would love to continue on, on one hand, like the, the business is busier than ever. I don't, I don't take any orders, but, um, just build them all speculative, but there's, um, like hundreds of people that want one. And then <laughs> if you could just keep doing it until we get one would be great. And then you can, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the sales prices are up and, and everyone wants one. And so yeah. that, that part's great and all, but um, I'm not necessarily impressed by that or that, that isn't like my major yeah, factor. Familiar. And I think for myself and for my wife, we're, we're um, kind of itching to get our hands on a bigger creative project. That's bigger than, eight and a half feet wide by 30 feet long. So, so we don't know totally what that'll look like, but, but yeah, we're kind of in a little season of transition right now. So. Cool. Thanks for sharing. I want to ask something back just when you were sharing about um, kind of the weekend wor workshop things with the younger boys and watching, just hearing that whole progression of um, coming in with our phones, kind of, what did you say? Uh, passive consumer mm -hmm. to an active initiatory type of person and something that like marks them. What would you say to the listener? Just when you think about daily life, yeah. um, they may not be going to a workshop or have that experience, but what does that look like as in a culture where we are, we can be passive. Um, maybe we're not, but distractive, um, can, this consumer world that we live in, what does that look like? And I don't know, how would you encourage somebody to move from one place to another without having to build a longboard? <laughs> um, I don't know. I just really believe that it's actually better to give than receive. Like I want to hold God to that. And I have, and it's always worked out for the better to give, but to give, um, it's almost selfish, you know, like when you give to someone or when you pour out, like you feel like you're getting a gift, but you're giving them a gift. And so there's something transactional that's really like has a multiplication factor about giving. And, and I think you can only give from what you have to offer. So like, I just believe that we serve a God who's like, so richly blessed us and just graced us with gifts 
whether we know it or not, whether we, whether we acknowledge it or not. And so all of us have, yeah, just untapped potential. And so as you, if you're willing to go on that journey and un, like uncover that and discover, yeah, just the things that are unique inside of you, then I think like we're all better for it. Like we need what you bring to the table. And so just, I think just an understanding of that, like I actually, as I, discover my gift. And as I pursue that, it's actually not just a selfish endeavor or selfish pursuit, but it's actually like an amazing gift to all of us. And so if it's singing or whatever it is, like there's something about you taking a step and, and in this word vocation that I, I always land back on this word vocation comes from this word like vocacio or voice. And I just think it's fascinating that none of us has the same voice. Um, and so as you get moving, you naturally are going to mimic, um, those voices that like you look up to and that you want to be like, and I think that's okay for a season, like just to go mimic other people's voices. But if you do that long enough, you'll start to develop your own rhythm and your own style and your own voice will start to ring true. And so whether that's for myself with design, there's, you know, five or 10 designers that I really looked up to and started to kind of go, Whoa, I love how they do this or this or that. And you kind of start incorporating that into your own designs as you get moving just in the littlest of projects. And then as you move forward, it seems like you start to discover your own voice. And as you do that, then um, obviously it'll become more richer and truer and it'll be the only voice on earth like that. And I think about that in regards to to tiny homes, even um, this is kind of going on a rabbit trail, but in regards to tiny homes that I've helped maybe a dozen different guys get started with their own tiny home business or their own construction company. And, and I actually love, um, competitors or I love helping competitors start because I'm secure in my voice and, and how I'm flowing that they, they can be copying and they can be mimicking for a season, but I know if they stick with it, that they're going to discover their own style and their own unique, um, yeah, their own unique, uh, way of being. And so, um, yeah, I would just encourage people that they do have a voice and, uh, yeah, just to get moving in that. And I think there's something special also about like a childlikeness, just thinking back and just taking the time to think of what did you naturally do? What did you gravitate towards? What did you think about before what people thought of you mattered before money mattered before, you know, deadlines mattered. What were those things that you just went back to? Um, and I think for a lot of us, we just actually re- need, need to rediscover that in the same way that I've discovered that I just couldn't not build, you know, small little worlds, little tree houses and little forts. And now here I am 30 years later doing it again, you know? Wow, Matt. Matt. Okay. <laughs> Ro, thank you for sharing your voice with us. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, I, the, the the fact that this is, I don't believe this is your first podcast. There's no way. <laughs> um, Ro, I mean, just so um, powerful, so inspirational, so tangible, What you know, who you are, what you're doing. And um, I just believe your voice is going to be heard more and more and more. Um, I would encourage anybody listening, kind of take some of these things, think about how can I, you know, activate that in my own life with the space I've been given. But follow Matt, go to handcraftedmovement.com on Instagram. You're going to get, um, you're going to want one. Sorry, Matt's going to get all these influx of new orders that you might not be able to fulfill right now. Um, but he's raising up other people that's that right. are starting their businesses. That's right. Well, man, that. we're we're fans. Uh, we're going to be following you and your story and just excited to see what comes and how now being married and Elizabeth's part in all this. I just think you guys are just scratching the surface of some really great things. And I disagree with Chris that this 
I would just say the way that you put intentionality and creativity in these homes that you've built, mm-hmm. you're about, you're going to start doing that with your voice, Matt, in yes. new ways in this next season. And I say the rest of your life in different pockets and different times, and it's going to be really powerful. So the, your voice is going to spark a creativity um, in others to find theirs. And you're already doing that, but mm-hmm. I just affirm that it's going to only increase. So yes. thank you for wow, your time and your words. Yeah. All right, bro. We'll be in touch, man. Look forward to staying connected and we'll talk soon. Thanks again. We're not done yet. Get that coffee refill because it's time to unpack. Okay. I love I'm, Matt. And I love, yes. I want to hang out with Matt <laughs> in a tiny home. I, you want to hang out with a tiny home or you want to live in a tiny home or you want to, I want to own a tiny do? home. I do too. Built by Matt. <laughs> um, no Actually, Matt we're, we're going to have a tiny home, babe. I'm just, I'm just well, in LA, throwing it out there. Most people do. Um, <laughs> hey, um, no, we need a tiny home in our backyard. I, I know. love you know if you rent a house, though. Does that make sense? Um, no. Okay, so, you know what, Matt? I kept wanting to say, like, he. it made me think of Bob Ross. He was like, you know, you <gasps> okay. have these happy little homes and these uh, tiny little houses. I don't know. It made me think of Bob Ross. Just, like, happy. He's happy with what he does. Did you not think that? <laughs> well, I'm trying to go with you here, babe. Well, yeah. go to no. our Instagram and look at us dressed up as Halloween, Bob baby. Ross. You were Bob right. Ross. And I was, you were the painter. I was the masterpiece. <laughs> you were the master. You are, babe. You really that. are masterpiece okay, your guys foot just went can in we my... all <laughs> just i'm sorry i just i won't tell you okay um yeah what did you um, think about matt what i i've talked wait, to i was about times. to like just... oh encourage me yeah oh but oh, please. That, time's up sorry moving please. on all right so back to matt um <laughs> tiny little encouragement <laughs> well uh yeah i mean you've got a guy who is obviously grown up learning a skill that he developed over time <laughs> wow let's just stop Hold and on. think about that for a little bit wow i think we looked uh, i think that, i think it's powerful wow okay anything yeah, else i hadn't finished my thought they're brain busters <laughs> oh, now i lost my thought Gosh. it's been a week okay maybe we should talk week. about how the week's been week? do we hmm. Because life's hard. All right, so I'll go. It's good, but it's hard. It's been a hard week. No, he's honed his craft and the way he has not been passive in that. And it sounds like the way he was raised and along his life, it's been, it's worth taking the risk and stepping Mm -hmm. out. And then he found that he came to a place where it's like, not that it wasn't fulfilling. I don't think he used those words or that he wasn't happy. It was just like, okay, now there's something new. But he didn't just abandon something. He's mm-hmm. like raised people up. He's invested in others. I mean, even you just listened to him. There wasn't this competitive spirit of like, this well, is my deal. He likes to help his competitors. Well, that's what I'm saying. Amazing. I mean, help his competitors. Um, guys start their own businesses. I want to help even Joe tiny... I mean, I know he's got a big podcast, but I think like, Joe, how can we help you if you're listening right now? Yeah, like, I want to help Sandra Bullock. I'm like, if you need acting coaching, if you need any type Look, of like, it's the serve. same thing, really. Yeah. Uh, where are we going with this? What we're saying is we want a tiny home. Okay, I'll go. So here's what I, here's what I love. Can we edit that last no. statement out? Okay, cool. So here's what I love. Um, when I think about like, even from an, the Instagram world, like you can be famous, you can you know make a post that goes viral and be famous and have a following for nothing. And I think about this guy and he couldn't share, but he's, he's built these homes for some pretty prominent people. And one's been like a repeat customer. 
And I guarantee you, he did not start off thinking, oh, how can I like build this big business for celebrities that want my homes? He just started doing, I mean, skateboard long with these little things along the way that became this thing. And I think, you know, we're constantly having this conversation with our kids where, you know, we have one of my kids who is the, you know, very artistic and creative and he has an idea a day. He wants to pursue (laughs) 38 different careers and, you know, you want to leave room for that. Like I keep telling him, Hey, look, you don't have to know that now try different things out. But at some point you want that thing to kind of narrow down to where you're doing something that feels like, okay, this is aligned with my gifting, my passion. But ultimately I love what he said is what he does is about serving people. He's not, you know, moved by how much money it can make or even who's buying his houses as much as can I serve people through this craft that I have. And I, that's the part that just always encourages me with the people that do things at the highest level, they didn't get there overnight. You know, this thing of yeah. excellence. And I, the first time I talked to him, he didn't say it on the podcast, but he talked about that verse. It's in Proverbs, but it says a man's gift will make room for him. He'll mm-hmm. stand before kings. And when you hone that gift with your hands, you work on it, you develop it, you develop your voice. If you've ever read the book by Malcolm Gladwell, um, and it's called Outsiders. It talks about how, you know, people who are world-class at what they do spend 10,000 hours hours on their craft before they become world-class. And you look at whether it's Steph Curry with three-point shooting or even the Beatles had done like, I think a thousand concerts before they ever recorded their first album. So then, you know, the album comes out and people are like, who are these guys? These are like overnight sensations. And that's just not reality is that the people that have longevity and true influence have actually cultivated something over a long period of time. That's good. I didn't make it up. That was really good. Um, I don't, I don't have much to say. Is that surprising? No, I think it's, I mean, he, he covered I, a lot of ground. Yeah. I feel like even I was about to ask a question I was like, Oh, I just answered that in yeah. the best way. Um, I mentioned it on the podcast, but I feel really stuck on the part when he talked about when he would host those young kids and, yep. um, yeah, they come in passive with this consumer mentality. They leave um, more act, you know, like this active, what did he say, uh, initiatory mm-hmm. um, type of person. And then they go out and they're like, where'd you get this longboard? Um, there's, well, I made it myself. What do you mean? And there's something to be proud of, even in ourselves and how we were made and created. When we take the time to step in and find our own voice, he talked about that. You know, no voice is the same. We hear that all the time. We're all unique. We all have a role to play. But you can say that all day long. But until you are actively stepping into that thing, it doesn't go anywhere. And then you're just frustrated because you haven't gotten farther in life than you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think he does things with intentionality. You know, he's just not flipping about anything. And even as people check out that Instagram and they see the detail in their house. I mean, I I never thought like, oh, can you have a fireplace in a a home or the the desk that he built specifically, not knowing why, but felt like it was supposed to, I don't know. All that stuff just makes me really, makes me happy. A happy little house, happy little heart. On our happy How do you podcast. think when you think about our family, what does it look like to become more active in initiating um, in what we're, what are we called to do? Like what we're good at? Yeah. I mean, what do you think we lack? <laughs> oh, I thought I was going to say what we do well. Uh, no, I think no, it's let's, like let's talk about what always we do just well. finding ways to invite you know, our kids into to life and what we do. And I think we try to do that. 
but I also think finding, continuing to find things our kids are interested in. And, you know, every kid's so different. Every child has different interests. So we love our kids the same. We are going to relate to them different, you know, based on their interests. And I think that's probably the bigger deal is how do we really keep engaging with the things they love and the things they're curious about and excited about. And um, I don't know. I just, I love... I don't think we do enough of, I mean, I'm joking on the podcast, but like, cause I didn't grow up like working with my hands a whole lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, I did a lot of arm wrestling and I did a lot of you know, curls. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> Guys, uh, just a little fun fact here. I love to arm wrestle. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It is weird, but I'm good at it. I might be skinny and scrawny, but I'm strong. Okay, we knew this when <laughs> when we were in Norman and we had a D1 uh, college basketball player who was like freshman player of the year in the Big 12 who Julie challenged to arm wrestle and Julie beat her with both arms and popped all the blood vessels in her it's neck. It's true. Yeah, I, I got I was like, up. It's attractive and scary. I, don't know. I got up and I started Googling it. I was freaking out. And it's, I can't remember the name now. But it's basically what happens when you give birth naturally and you get these red spots all over from the amount <laughs> that you've exerted of, you know, and, and you know, yeah, intensity. intensity. And that's what happened, guys. Luckily, it eventually faded. But the point is, I you are freakishly strong. arm wrestled her. I'm still really proud of it. If you're listening right now, we love you. And uh, we do love you. Only because I know Katie's listening. Your bestie, Katie. I got a, I got a text from her after the last one of the last podcasts because I was actually we were talking about a shirt you were wearing that I said kind of looked like a, a like a like a granny shirt. That's so rude. And she, I know. Yeah. And she gave it to you. Yeah, from this really swanky boutique. Oh crap! And it said grateful on it, guys. It's hand stitched. I thought it said granny on it. <laughs> That's why I you did said not. No, I didn't. Anyway, the point is, we're old. I shouldn't be arm wrestling anymore. I shouldn't be building tiny homes even because right. No, let, let's let's go back to your hands. Um, <laughs> let's let's wrap it up like this. Guys, we need help in the Bennett household. So this, we're going to end this gonna, with this. You always liked my hands. I thought you were going to talk you know, about I do love Chris's hands. Okay, Chris is kind of hairy. Okay, well, okay. Oh, my, <laughs> and I just said hairy. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> what? What's happening? <laughs> what? What did he say? <laughs> He tried to say my butt like he was trying oh, to no. say, but then you were talking about Are we Harry. recording? <laughs> yes. Are we recording? Okay, my Guys. hands. Oh my gosh. Okay, what's happening? I'm sweating all of a sudden. You're sweating. I'm the recording. hairy one. Okay. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, okay, let me word it like this. Chris is not hairless, okay? He's got hairy arms. He's got a facial beard. He's got some hair a on his facial beard. <laughs> Opposed to what? <laughs> the wheels are falling off. Okay. Um, my point is, I love his hands because they're so soft. Okay. Here's the thing. I don't have bad... bad. I don't... We can't record this. I don't have back hair. Or foot hair. Or, I was getting there. On my hands. I know. So his hands are real soft on the top. Okay. So it's like hair, and then they stop. And I it's just have it not on normal. my palms. <laughs> yes, hairy palms. We need you to pray for him. Okay. This whole point is going back to your hands and tiny homes. We are unpacking about tiny homes here. Okay, your hands aren't tiny. Your okay. hands are the perfect size, and they're very soft. 
and I get to hold them, so that's great. <laughs> Which but, means I don't <laughs> build stuff is what you're getting at. Soft hands. Oh, well, no, but they're not like weird soft. They're <laughs> okay. the perfect hands. Not baby that's soft. what I'm trying to say. Oh, like my adolescent goodness. Soft. My point was, this is a call to action. No, no, no. That's it. <laughs> this is a cry for help. Call to action. Go build. Start building, people. Okay. <laughs> build your lives. Build your homes. Build your families. Pull Shave it your together. Palms. Anyway. Oh, oh, this is just. Who is still listening? If you're still listening, well done. What I want to say is, if anybody wants to host a, a weekend for the Bennett family to learn how to build things with their hands, like wood, hammer, nails, we're in. Okay. As maybe long as Matt, it's free. Maybe we just do it with Matt. Matt. Can we Elizabeth. do it? Let's do it. We need it. Our family needs it. Okay. That was a powerful point. I'm glad we got to that finally. Um, in summation, I would encourage anybody to follow these guys on Instagram, Handcrafted Movement. And look... I know we're kind of laughing, having a good time here, but the coolest part was whatever you do, invite people into it and do it together. It's always better together, right? That's right. So invite us in to your weekend to learn how to build stuff as a family. And build us a tiny home. We live in yeah, LA. Cool. We could use that. Yeah. All right. See you next time. We won't see you, but we will. you will hear us next On time. Finding Family Bam. Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. And the best way that you can help us get this message of family out to the world is by taking a minute to subscribe, leave a rating, a review, and please share. You can also visit our site, findingfamilypodcast.com and follow us on Instagram to stay connected. This is a production of Welcome Home Entertainment. This episode was produced by Dave Hanso and edited by Will Cotterall. Music by Drew Holcomb. Taking a chance, blackbirds of a feather, kick off a shoes and dance. Hey!